your story is it's not who you are yes it's a part of the tapestry of your life but the story is not who you are and it doesn't define you and it's okay to let it go don't keep reliving the past I would say become your own personal detective investigate yourself what's going on in your life what parts of you need work what parts of you need love and care who do you want to be where do you want to go Welcome to True Intention. The podcast where we dive deep into the art of healing, the journey of transformation and the secrets to building a life that's truly beautiful. I'm your host, Tina Brown, and I believe that within each of us lies the power to heal, transform and create a life filled with purpose and beauty. In every episode, we'll explore the stories of incredible individuals who have overcome adversity, found their true intentions and crafted a life that's nothing short of inspiring. Whether you're seeking guidance on personal growth, self-discovery or simply looking for a dose of inspiration, True Intention is here to light your path. Our guests will share their intimate journeys, powerful insights and practical tips to help you embark on your own transformative adventure. So join us each week as we uncover the wisdom, courage and resilience needed to turn life's challenges into opportunities for growth. Let's embark on this journey together because when we set our true intentions, the possibilities are limitless. This is True Intention. Let the transformation begin. Hello, it's Tina and you're very welcome back to True Intention. In today's solo episode, I share with you part of my own journey and how feelings of unworthiness and shame led to attracting a very toxic and dangerous narcissistic relationship. We look at the allure of external validation and the challenge of facing the reality of your situation. And we also discuss how setting boundaries becomes crucial in breaking free from unhealthy dynamics. So let's dive in. I hope you enjoy. So today, oh, there goes a the train. So today we have a change from the normal setup, I guess, where I usually record podcast episodes with a guest. But today it is just me. And I wanted to do this episode because I felt called to do it. And I think it's a very important subject and one that I see more and more about online, um, read about, talk to people about. The more you talk to people, the more you see how common this has come to be. Um, I want to share Um, a bit more about my journey, I suppose, and me, and how I came to be at this point of where I'm at now, hosting a podcast about uh, healing and transformation and trying to build a life for myself that I actually want to be living, um, and how I want that for everybody else as well, because that's how life should be. We're here to enjoy this journey 
uh, not to just work be miserable be okay for a little while and and then just uh, shuffle off this <laughs> shuffle off this mortal coil i just don't believe that's the purpose of life i believe we come here to learn lessons and that we have a purpose of being here um and that it's part of our journey to find those things. Um, and I firmly believe that we can all be living a really fulfilling life, truly. So lately, I seem to be seeing a lot about this. Um, like I was saying, something, um, a topic that's kind of becoming more common, I guess, uh, for the want of a better word, um, is narcissism, narcissists, um, narcissistic behaviour. I guess whatever way you want to look at things seems to be just much more prevalent. But I want to tell you and share with you a part of my journey. And as a a woman in her late 30s, um, separated um, mother of two and how I came to be in, I suppose, um, or to start, uh, we'll call it a relationship I wouldn't really have termed it that myself but it is what it is it's over two years ago now I had been separated for about a year at the time and I wasn't really in a great place I was in that place of sadness um figuring out what I thought figuring out what I wanted in life going forward and who I was in this new version of me so friends of mine more encouraging me, I guess, to maybe put myself back out there, I suppose is a good way of putting it. They were all dating. Out of my friend group, I'm the one that has kids and older kids. I was very young when I became a mother and my girls were, they were just doing what friends do and then just encouraging me to maybe get back out there in the dating scene. To be honest, I suppose I didn't actually really feel ready. I didn't know what I wanted. And I was saying, no, 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 I don't really want to do that. But then one night, uh, curiosity killed the cat. And I signed up to one of the dating apps just to kind of see what it was all about. Um, I'd only ever seen it from a lens of watching my friends on it um, and swiping right, <laughs> taking taking their phones and swiping for them. So I never really looked into it very much, obviously, before that. Um, but in my new my new life, uh, I said I'd give it a go. So that was all fine. Um, had a few kind of meaningless conversations with people. Anyway, so I ended up going on a date with somebody and from the get go, <laughs> I really wasn't into it, um, but I, being a chronic people pleaser, found it very, very hard to say no. Um, I was nervous. I think that was would be very normal um, if you haven't been on a date for 17 years. That would be very, very normal. Um, so I went on this date. Like I said, it wasn't wasn't really feeling it. Um, but just, you know, enjoyed having a conversation with someone. And when I was asked to go on a second date, I just felt this overwhelming sense that I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. 
I just couldn't. It wasn't in me to say, no, I f- I'd feel bad. So went on a second date. Didn't really, definitely wasn't really into it and found the person a bit pushy. And I, I really, my body was saying kind of no. But again, I just felt I couldn't, I couldn't say no. So I just kind of let it run. And I ended up being in this relationship and it was for a short period. It was it ended up, you know, for a couple of months, so about eight weeks or so. And but in that time, it all became very serious, very quick, even though I knew I just didn't want to be in this dynamic at all. And this person was definitely not my person. Um, But they were showering me with praise and basically adoration and telling me all the things that I wanted to hear, that I needed to hear. They were very quick to the term, I guess, is love bombing started very quickly. I was just not okay with any of this, but I just felt that I had put myself in the situation and I felt kind of stuck in it. So it went on. I began spending a lot of time with this person. And because I knew it wasn't right, I was kind of lying to everybody around me. So it was kind of like a secret apart from the very few friends that knew about this. This person really inserted themselves into my life really quickly um, and tried to kind of embed themselves, I guess, into everything that I was doing. And all the time during this that I really just didn't want to be in it, I was finding ways to tell myself that I did want to be in it, um, trying to convince myself that this was a great thing and that this person was obviously great um, because they wanted me and they were showing all this love and affection and I suppose they were giving me things that I suppose I felt that I was lacking in myself maybe. Anyway this went on and like I said it didn't last all that long in the grand scheme of things but it got very serious very quickly very and then it turned very dark very quickly and I suppose what I want to say here is that I would have been judgmental before and I if I had seen another woman in a situation that I found myself in I would have been very quick to judge and to say, well, how did they not see it? And why didn't they just say no? And surely, you know, and why would she put herself in that situation? And she has children and she should be more careful and she should just have ran away from that situation. But it's not that simple and it's never that simple because it's a lot to do with what's going on inside yourself and how you feel as a person in your body, um, what traumas you've had in your life before, what is really going on. Um, A lot of the time we're we're actually not aware, I guess, of what's, you know, what's going on internally. And instead of facing, facing up to things, we just kind of either try to paper over the cracks or we just use stuff externally outside of ourselves to to patch it up. We keep running, running away from ourselves. And then we find ourselves in not great situations. and as I found myself in a very dangerous situation. And I want to share this story because I never would have thought that I would have ended up in this situation. And as I said, I would have 
probably judged somebody who I saw in this situation. We've all seen Dear John or, you know, the Tinder swindler and all these kind of things. Now, thankfully, um, I, you know, wasn't in, it wasn't a situation where I was swindled or anything like that. Um, it's hard to take blood from a stone <laughs> anyway. But um, I did find myself in this terrible situation. So and I I want to I, I want to kind of, I suppose, put this out there and normalize actually ending up in this situation is is actually pretty common and it's actually nothing to be ashamed about or to feel guilty about. And of course, initially I felt massive amounts of shame around what happened. So, as I said, this situation that I found myself in. So with this person, they quickly tried to kind of take me away from the outside world under the guise of, you know, I'm creating a sanctuary for you. Your life is very, um, your life is very chaotic and your life is very busy and you've had an awful lot of trauma go on and you're recovering from the breakdown of your marriage and I'm the perfect person to help you. And you need me, basically. So they they try to insert themselves so that you you think that you can't be without them. I think that's the that's part of the game. And you're put on this pedestal that, of course, eventually you just can't live up to. But very quickly for me, the mask started to fall off on this person. So they were saying all the right things and doing all the right things. And this is another thing I want to say, you know, I would consider myself, a, you know, an intelligent, educated person, uh, an independent woman and all this. And I just want to say none of that matters. None of that matters. It's actually all to do with how you feel internally and how that is showing on the outside. And it's all around how you feel and how you see the world. So we can drop this judging because everybody's situation is their own. Um, It's all relative. And I just want to say that, that as I tell this story, if you have found yourself in this situation, I want you to know that it's okay and not to feel ashamed about it. And so very quickly, I found myself, I was lying. Uh, you know, I was uh, creating, lying in and creating situations where I could, you know, leave to go and be with this person who I did not want to be with at all. And I was asking myself, why am I doing these things? And I, it's not me. I don't want to be like this. But however, I just felt like I couldn't get myself out of it. And then I felt like I was really stuck. Like, how, how am I going to end this? Because that insane people pleaser inside of me was like, well, you can't now. You're kind of in it. It's getting very serious. You know, tough. I really, that's how I spoke to myself. So very quickly, this person was saying, oh, we, it would be great if we could go away together and we could do this and we could do that. And yeah, I mean, in theory, it all sounded great and um, lovely. And then this trip was planned and I obviously was not okay with this because I lied to everybody about where I was going and what I was doing on this weekend. Um, and it came back to bite me in the end because the truth always outs. So I'll just tell you a little bit about that. Now, before we went away, I did try to end the relationship. 
because I was so overwhelmed with it. I And, and I just thought, I, I really just don't want to be in this. And the person convinced me that I did want to be in it. I was very vulnerable and they were, I suppose, a master manipulator and knew knew that I found it very hard to say no, uh, knew that I didn't have any boundaries. Um, so they were able to manipulate me. Um, these screaming red flags, I just was kind of ignoring them, honestly. And um, they were very forceful and very compelling as well. Um, and, you know, I, I was made to feel like I was a bad person. And of course, I didn't want to do that because I couldn't deal with the fact of anybody thinking um, ill of me, um, not liking me. Um, it's part of my persona, who I was. I was, you know, I, I felt I needed to be universally liked. So we'll fast forward a little bit. Go away on this weekend. Lied to everybody about it where I was going had other people in fact lying for me about where I was and I knew from before I left I knew I didn't want to go and at the airport my skin was crawling I knew I didn't want to go so I just started to drink and this actually had been a running theme for me throughout this situation throughout this relationship I used alcohol because it would it would help those feelings of being unsure um, of seeing those red flags, seeing behavior, feeling behavior, being influenced by this person. The the alcohol would just make me kind of forget all that. So I did lean on it an awful lot. I actually spent a lot of those couple of months drinking an awful lot. And I generally would not be a big drinker. Um. But it was a way for me to kind of to numb to numb it out and to to block out what what was going wrong and for me to be able to ignore what my my gut and my body was telling me. So, you know, we're we're going away for this weekend. I'm at the airport. I absolutely, like I said, skin crawling. I don't want to be here. And I knew it. Don't want to be here. I wish I didn't do this, but I'm here now. And uh, it was a celebration of this person's birthday. So I thought, well, you can't do it now. You'll just have to just get through this weekend. So I just had to, I just kept drinking. Um, and then because I had been kind of pulling, pulling back and pulling away, this person was their mask was dropping really quickly. Um, behaviors were showing more and more um, because they were kind of losing control a bit and they just they couldn't handle that. So things that they were saying, I was like, is this person for real? I don't really, this can't be the way they're acting. So like I said, the the masks, the mask was dropping, the walls were coming down, the behavior was getting erratic, really erratic. We're away. I just felt more and more uncomfortable. I just kept drinking more alcohol. I just convinced myself if I was able to get through this weekend, I would go home. It, it would be over. I would definitely be able to finish things then. I just had to make it through. I had an accident when we got to the hotel and I fell. And the, the reaction of the person was really, you know, as if I was ruining the weekend by being injured. 
Um, and I kind of, you know, I felt kind of forced into to keep going um, to not ruin it for them. And that's how it started. And it continued that way. Their behavior became so erratic that I was really worried. I was worried for my safety. They completely turned. I, when I voiced my concerns, um, it got really dark and really scary. I was in fear of my life. And I, I had to try to get out of there. Um, and I did, luckily, um, with some courage, with some help from a stranger. I did manage to, to get home. I never thought that I would be in a situation that I would be standing somewhere and honestly thinking to myself, is this it? How am I going to get out of this room alive? They're never going to let me leave. And I honestly thought that this was it. It's a very surreal and scary thing. And when I look back at it now and I think about it, I, I've obviously done a lot of work on myself, um, I'm, you know, on this situation. Um, I don't, it's, it's a little bit like, um, feels like a kind of a dream sequence in my head, I guess, um, at this stage. But I did manage. I did manage to leave. I was traumatised um, by the situation. I it didn't it it didn't stop actually when when I got home it actually got worse for a while this person could just not they could just not handle that I had ended things but also that they had been exposed um as to the type of person and who they really were and they really tried to make make out that I was in the wrong that I was to blame that I was a terrible person for leaving they tried to convince me that everybody would hate me that um, I would be seen as the the villain in their story and that's how I would they would always tell it um, I've never I'd never in my life been luckily had been in a situation of violence before and um now, luckily, I wasn't I wasn't harmed physically in any way, thankfully. Um, I felt definitely that that I, I could have been. Um, I just narrowly avoided avoided it. Um, it went from, you know, complete adoration of being this perfect person to being what they deemed as, you know, an evil, an evil vulture who who just uses people um to just to hurt them purposefully and so I when I got home like I said um, I didn't tell anybody apart from a couple of friends what had happened um, I was I was ashamed I was ashamed um, and I felt so guilty there was a bombardment there was stalking there was there was a lot and in the end I did I had to get authorities involved and um, I ended up having to go to court a situation that I never would have thought I would ever in my life find myself in and when it happened to me I I felt very alone and I felt I suppose I put myself in this I don't know this container 
in my head where I was weak and I was a terrible person and I was just I was I was pretty broken after everything and I went through a lot of it alone. I am lucky though that I have some really incredible friends who were there for me. Um and they never judged me. I would you know I I nobody judged me. Even the judging court wasn't judging me. The guards, the wonderful people who helped me, they they never judged me. The only person judging me in the situation was myself. And I I want to talk about the importance, I suppose, of looking at why this happened and not from a why, why me perspective, but a shining a lens on what parts of me actually attracted this situation into my life. And I think for me, it was definitely self-worth. My worth and confidence at the time was it was below zero. At that point in my life, I felt worthless. I honestly, I, I had felt like a failure. I had failed at my marriage. I had failed at being a good wife and partner. I felt that I was failing as a mother. And then this person shows up and they make you feel wanted and needed and they tell you how incredible you are, how amazing everything you do is, how beautiful you are, what a great person you are, how they admire you so much, etc, etc. And they're giving you all the things you feel in lack of. So when you start to feel that something isn't quite right, so when those red flags in their behaviour, in what they're saying, start showing up, and their mask is coming off, you find it very hard to take that in and to look at it and say, no, I won't accept that because you don't want to. You want to believe that everything is perfect and that this person is your knight in shining armour or whatever. And you don't want to admit that it isn't true. And also that means actively having to face up to the reality of where you are and to stop running away from yourself and stop searching outside of yourself for happiness and joy and love. And that's really hard. And for me, I I suppose I, I also felt stuck because I didn't know how to set boundaries. And I was playing off of the conditioning of, well, you made your bed, now you must lie in it. And I thought, well, maybe it's me. And I must be a terrible person to not want to be with this person who seemed so great at the time. And I was ashamed. And I was coming from a place of guilt. And I didn't believe that I deserved to be loved in a healthy way. I didn't know that love doesn't come with conditions. And I craved being needed and feeling wanted. And I was in victim mode. And at the time I craved the drama because that's what I thought relationships were supposed to be like. And I didn't love myself. And actually, I loathed myself. Yeah. I really didn't like who I was. I didn't know what I stood for. I, I, I didn't really know anything about myself. Because I'd spent all my life trying to figure out how I could be liked by everybody else. So I actually didn't really know anything about me. And... As well, I will say that, you know, for me, my intuition and my gut is it's everything for me. It's um, 
That's my compass. And I ignored it. I ignored my gut. I ignored the red flags. I ignored my body. My body was telling me and it was actually showing me physically for the whole time, for those few months, my body was showing me physically. It was actually rejecting that person. It was showing me that this this is not a good person to be around. And, you know, your body is a compass and it's always guiding you in the right direction. And if you listen, you will always know the right thing to do. We just, if you, if you quiet, if you just quieten down and you listen, you'll always know what to do. There's a book called The Body Keeps the Score and it's um, by Bezel van der Kolk and I highly recommend you read it. In fact, I actually think it should be required reading because we're all holding trauma in our bodies and uh, that trauma is stored and we need to examine this for ourselves and we should be educating ourselves on how we can work to release and honestly, I could probably do a whole episode on, on this alone and um, I might actually because it is a fascinating topic and I'll, I'm going to pop the link for the book into the show notes. But it's really important that we trust ourselves and that we do listen to our bodies when they're speaking to us. Um, all the people pleasing and uh, the lack of boundaries, it made me a liar. That's what made me lie, you know, knowing, you know, I knew that I shouldn't be doing any of these things that I had been doing. And I knew that I, I felt it, that I, I shouldn't be. Because if you're, if you're hiding things from people, you know, it's not right. And I would have considered myself an honest person. But the truth is, if you are chronically people pleasing, you're not an honest person. Because you're lying to yourself and lying to others. Because you're saying yes all the time when you really want to say no. So you're just abandoning yourself all the time. You're in fear of what will happen and how other people react if you tell the truth and if you gave your actual opinion. So I just had to take radical responsibility for it. And if any part of what I'm discussing here resonates with you and you want to talk about it, Please send me a message. Um, get in touch. Um, as I want to help, and I'm happy to listen if if that's what you what you need. And this podcast and this community that I hope that we're building and fostering here is it's a safe space. So always just reach out if you if you want to. Um, so I just I guess I want to talk a little bit about what you can do if you find yourself in this situation, if you're in it, if you've been in it before. Um, Firstly, I suppose I want to say that if you think you're dealing with a narcissist or a narcissistic situation, just trust your gut. I would say start taking notes of interactions and things that you feel are off or just don't sit right with you. Often in these situations, you're made to feel that you are being dramatic or over the top or you're just being too sensitive or you're making things up or you're imagining things. Don't judge yourself. 
please do not judge yourself for any of this. Okay, and ask for help. You do not have to do this or go through this on your own and you don't have to feel shame or guilt and you can get yourself out of this situation. You can overcome it. I promise. I see you. I hear you. And if you find yourself in a situation where you have become isolated from friends or family, which which often happens and you want to ask them for help. Do reach out to them if you can. And but if you if you feel you're not ready for that, then find someone you resonate with. If my story resonates with you, send me a message or contact a therapist or contact an agency like Women's Aid. They're they're amazing and will listen and give you so much information on how to take steps forward. Also want to say, because I didn't know this, that you that you do not need to be in uh, a domestic violence situation in order to make contact with them. Um, they they can and they want to help you. So please just know that you're not stuck and you can overcome this. Also, there are incredible therapists and psychologists and coaches online who are sharing information about how to deal with narcissism and setting boundaries. So whether you have found yourself in a situation similar to mine or you're dealing with it in regards to family, people in your family or friendships that you're in or people in your working life, there's um, there's a woman called Rebecca Zung and she is a high conflict resolution attorney in the States and she specializes in dealing with narcissists and narcissistic behaviors and her Instagram page is actually dedicated to it. So she shares free information every day and there are many others like her and there are great resources out there if you feel that um, this is something that's going on in your life. Um, I suppose I want to share a bit about what I did to to overcome everything. Um, so for me, um, this is what I did to start overcoming what happened to me. Um, so I went to therapy. Um, my therapist, um, I love her. She's an actual angel and uh, she helped me so much. And then along with doing talk therapy, I went through a program of somatic therapy. So getting to the root causes and releasing all that from my body. I became so aware of who I was and I learned why I was living my life the way I was. And I took full responsibility for where I had ended up. That was key. I decided that I didn't want to continue living the way I was. And honestly, I just took it all day by day, literally just putting one foot in front of the other. I actually became a a detective and investigated myself from every angle. I educated myself about myself and I dropped the shame and the guilt of that situation and so many other situations and stories from my life. Actually, I don't recognise Tina from two years ago I'm not that person anymore but I'm I'm not embarrassed 
or ashamed of that version of me. I, I understand her. I hold her and I love her completely and unconditionally. You see, one of the biggest things I've learned is the more we hold on so tightly to the story, being the victim, playing out the dramas over and over, the more we attract more of that into our lives. What happened was part of my story and was being the operative word. I do not need to bring it forward with me. There were lessons I needed to learn so I understand them, I work through them and I I hold gratitude for those situations and lessons because they catapult me forward to the next version of me. Your story is, it's not who you are. Yes, it's a part of the tapestry of your life but the story is not who you are and it doesn't define you and it's okay to let it go. Don't keep reliving the past. I would say become your own personal detective. Investigate yourself. What's going on in your life? What parts of you need work? What parts of you need love and care? Who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to spend time with? Who do you no longer feel connected to and why? What qualities do you want in a partner? What qualities do you want in a relationship, romantic or otherwise? And it's only when you really get to know yourself and become aware that you can answer these questions honestly. There's so much beauty and joy and connection and love on the other side of this story you keep telling yourself. But become a magnet for those things. Become a magnet for beauty. Become a magnet for joy and love and connection. All of those things. Every day we need to learn and we need to grow. We need to test our boundaries. We need to step outside of our comfort zones. That's how we follow our path. That's how we find our purpose. That's how we live a fulfilled life. So what I want to say is stop holding on to the old story. That's not why you're here. You came here to live a delicious life. So go and live it. I really hope you got something from this episode. Here are the main insights from today. Recognize the huge role that your self-worth plays in attracting your life situations and understand the significance of setting boundaries for healthy relationships. Your body is a compass. It's so important to listen to your instincts. Your gut is your guide. The body knows the score. Become a detective. Investigate yourself from every angle. Once you start to become so aware of who you are and how you tick, then you will find your path, your purpose, your joy. Remember, it's all within you. No person or no thing outside of us has the ability to make us feel fulfilled and loved unconditionally. It's all an inside job. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with someone. Message them, email them or text them the link. Please share it on your social media and tag us at True Intention Podcast. We love your feedback. Follow, subscribe and review the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you use to listen because it really does help us so much. Thank you so much for listening. It means the absolute world to me. I will talk to you very soon.